Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. You're listening to the Fight Night podcast from Talk Sport. Hope you are well. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be in your company. As I tell everybody every single week, if it's the first time that you've come across us, please hit subscribe. I don't want you missing out on any of the boxing content that we're bringing you on a week-by-week basis. It is top draw, as you're going to hear, obviously, throughout the course of this podcast with the guest uh, that we spoke to on Saturday Night Show. So go to iTunes, look for Fight Night, Talk Sport Podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Or if you need an Android feed, you can go to the Talk Sport website. It's all there for you. Right, let's get on with the show, shall we? Um, we spoke to tons of people on Saturday night's programme, and we started with Dillian White. He's, of course, preparing for his rematch with Alexander Povetkin, taking place in Gibraltar uh, on March the 27th. Now, Dillian was in Portugal, training there, but with all the COVID restrictions and travel restrictions, he's had to move camp to Spain. So we thought we'd start the interview uh, with a little bit of humour. Uh, that's right, we decided to start the interview talking to Dillian in Spanish just to see whether he picked up the local lingo I'm a warrior a lot of guys in boxing are cowards that's why a lot of fights don't get made a lot of guys are scared to lose a lot of guys are scared to be knocked out I don't sit and think, oh my god, I lost or I get stopped. I'm gonna listen to the doubters or the haters. No, that ain't me. I'm I'm a warrior. I'll say this, and I 100% believe that Dillian White will one day lift the heavyweight championship of the world with the right opponents at the right time. He can do it. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davies uh, alongside me. Uh, and of course, uh, we are welcoming uh, the main man, Dillian White, to the show. Before we do, before we welcome Dillian to the show, uh, Gareth, uh, I'm sure you are fully aware that this man has visited more countries uh, than Judith Chalmers recently. He's obviously up sticks from Portugal. He's now doing it in Spain. And I'm led to believe, actually, from our producer, Ed, he said that uh, Dillian wants to con- uh, he wants to do the whole interview in Spanish. And obviously, you being a Spanish speaker, Gareth, and obviously me part sí. Spanish, we, sí, we, sí. We, we, should, we should be fine. So hopefully, uh, uh, Dillian's up to speed with everything sí, as, sí. He's, as a resident of Spain right now. 
Uh, so, uh, Dillian White, uh, hola, buenas noches. Buenas, buenas noches, Dillian, ¿cómo estás? Eh, sí, ese... Bueno, sí, 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 todo es bueno. No, no, no quiero hacerlo en español, tío, por favor. Sí. Hablamos en español, no, por favor. No, no, no falo español, por favor. Ah, uh, you're a good sport. Dillian, listen, man, welcome back to the show. It's been great. <laughs> You thought we were going to do the whole thing then in Spanish, didn't you? Oh, man. Your face. I wish I, I wish I could speak another language, man. Mate, mate, you're out there. Get in, get get amongst it. You should be you should be learning the lingo, you know? It's in Spanish and, and Portuguese. And those languages Different. are hard to speak. They're very hard to speak, man. Very hard, different yeah. different language, man. Anyway, uh, <laughs> estás esperando la pelea por Vekin, yeah? Listen, you're a good sport, mate. Listen, um, in all seriousness, how much of um, how much of a disruption has it been having to up sticks from Portugal? So I know you were settled there and working and grafting away there. Uh, obviously, with the COVID and all that type of thing, we know that the fight's going to Gibraltar. So how much of a bit of a disruption has it been going from Portugal over to Spain? We didn't go in Spain in the end anyway. We stayed in Portugal anyway because the fights aren't going to be in Gibraltar. So obviously we stayed in Spain. You know, obviously that was the plan was to go to Spain and then go to England because obviously it was easy to fly to England from from Spain. But we ended up staying really upset in Portugal because um, no, the fights are in Gibraltar. So you know we don't need to go to Spain. And the date changes as well, because obviously this was originally yeah. scheduled for November, wasn't it? And then we've had a couple January. of pushbacks. This, yeah. fight, this fight was scheduled for May May 2nd or May 3rd or May 6th, I think, 2020. And we're in 2021, you know what I mean? There's been a lot of delays, you know what I mean? And obviously... Oh, listen, I'm just fortunate and glad enough that my team put in place the, the rematch clause. And I'm fortunate enough to be having the rematch clause. Over it's next week, two weeks or now, three weeks or now. I'm not fortunate that you know I got a shot to get back right where I am instead of having to go and fight other guys and build back up. Then he fights someone else and potentially lose or retire. And I mean, obviously, we have him on the hook, so I'm just glad. So for me, it's been frustrating, but at the same time, I've also been like, you know what? Just chill. You got your chance to 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 have the rematch, man. Um, to use a Spanish word, Dillian, you have shown real cojones. Nice. Uh, getting yes, back in big there. Cojones. Really big cojones. <laughs> big old cojones, brother. Nothing yes. like a good pair of, of really good cojones. Yeah. So um, <laughs> um, but no, but you have shown amazing cojones to get back in there. But you mentioned frustration there. How do you manage? When you've got camp after camp after camp, do you actually take a break in camp because you don't want to overtrain? Because it must be a serious issue for the team and for you. Because I know what you're like. You, you you don't stop working. Have you actually had to take time off as well? Yeah, I've had to take time off. But it's been good because, like I say, I'm people forget I'm one of the top fighters in the world, but I'm so relatively inexperienced i'm still learning so there's always something to work and there's always something to strip back and more time to work and this more time to work and legs and movement or this there's always something so for me it's like okay 
we strip back and then we go back to something else. So uh, we go back to doing more stuff for balance and more stuff like that. So for me, it's been quite easy. Just the, the main thing is being away from my family and stuff, man. Obviously, yeah. young mm-hmm. kids and, um, you know, young kids, you know, girlfriend, um, mom, brothers, sisters, you know, the big family of us. So been quite stressful, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? Um, I got to work, man. You know, that's it, man. Mm-hmm. The sacrifices that fighters make is absolutely crazy. The yes. things that you guys go through, it's crackers. Um, mm-hmm. in in reality, I mean, people might disagree with what I'm about to say here. I know that there's other fights that are being made that are moving this heavyweight division along a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're obviously going to be mm-hmm. seeing Usyk mm-hmm. and Joe Joyce. Mm-hmm. Um, we're hearing that Hunter and Hergovic are going to be fighting as well, and that might be for something like on the IBF side of stuff. But in reality, <laughs> you're giggling away there. But it, in reality, Dill, right? The defeat to Povetkin, I'm sure in the moment, felt like that it, it had knocked you back down the ladder. But in reality, a victory actually puts you back in a position maybe to go and fight someone like a Deontay Wilder, and then you're back exactly where you were, right at the front of the queue again. I, I can fight Deontay Wilder now, regardless. I don't need to be perfect in the fight Deontay Wilder. Mm. Deontay Wilder doesn't hold. The only thing Deontay Wilder holds was the heavyweight championship. It really wasn't a big draw. wasn't a big ticket seller. He was even selling arenas in, in America, and he was American. So it wasn't a big draw. He just had the belt, and he's lost the belt now. So he ain't really got nothing now. You know, Obviously, a win against Povetkin puts me above where I was. You know, It puts me back as a real serious um contender and they should put me as I'm um, number three in the world hmm. again you know you want you want the De- Deontay Wilder fight though don't you because I know you've spoke about it for some time yeah I definitely want the Deontay Wilder fight but right because right now I'm just focusing on Povetkin obviously because Povetkin's yeah, yeah, yeah. a serious guy very experienced operator serious guy focusing on Povetkin oh, sorry focusing <laughs> on Povetkin and then let's see what happens you know what I mean but obviously that's a beautiful bit. Can the Indians are well? Can 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 suck cojones, man? You know, I need to focus on. Um, I I, I want to fight for the world title. He had the world title. You know, I, mean, I want to fight. For, everyone has been around the same time as me. Is that all the rubbish guys that two three Dominic Brazil two three world title fight. Eric Molina yeah. two three world title fight. Um, Johan Dupa two world title fight. All of these guys, you know, like now now um, Erkovich Hunter. If one of them win, they probably get world title fight before me. It's crazy. Good point. No, it, it, it is extraordinary when when one looks down um, who you've fought um, mm. and and how you've gone in the last. You know the two fights with Derek Chisora, the Joseph Parker fight, Lucas Brown, Oscar Rivas, Marius Wack, Povetkin. I mean, it, I, I know you didn't win that fight, but the, 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 it's extraordinary that you have not had a world title fight in that time. Now, I mean, I asked you about this the other day, and and. I, this is fascinating for me. You beat Povetkin on March the twenty seventh mm-hmm. uh, in the, on the Rumble on the Rock, which I when Dillian White's mm. involved in a Rumble on the Rock, I'm excited. I want to go into quarantine and be mm. there. We're all going to quarantine mm. and get on the same flight. By the way, Adam, do you know that we're all quarantined? <laughs> no, no, we are. We are. We're all going on the same charter. It's yeah, going to be. We're taking all the safety measures, man. You know, yeah. we're, Absolutely. we're going all out with the safety measures. Oh no, but I cannot wait. It's going to be everyone involved in the event testing overnight, stuck in a it's hotel gonna room for twenty-four hours. It's going to be so loud in that plane, boy. Oh my oh, god! Oh man, man it's going to be. It, no, it's going to. We're going to rock Gibraltar, basically. <laughs> we are going to yeah, rock. We're going to crack of Gibraltar, course. brother. We're going to crack a hole in no, the rock of, of Gibraltar. We're going to crack Povetkin's skull and then crack the rock. Absolutely. Now, no, no, you, you get that victory 
are you and the thing is with you we're talking about um activity we're always talking about activity at the moment are you prepared to wait to fight the winner of fury and joshua after that we gotta wait and see man you know me i i, I just I enjoy fighting i like fighting man it gives me you know i enjoy fighting man you know i, I love fighting i love entertaining the people i love um i've been fun friendly fight so we'll see if they're tied up then we'll see but let's see i think there's some titles might become vacant soon yeah. Or whatever, you know, um, there's other things. Who knows? I might drop down to bridge weight. Who knows? <laughs> wow. Wow. Is that wow. you being serious? You winding us up? I don't, I, I can never make bridge weight. Yeah, I'm going to say. In, sh- in shape, I'm a, like at my skinniest, I'm about 248 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a yeah. very skinny. So when, when, I'm, when I'm like skinny, skinny, I'm like 248, 248. I think the lightest I've ever weighed is like two forty. I think. Well, so there's, no chance, there's no chance. No. <laughs> your your, your legs like weigh. Your legs weigh. weigh Bridger weight anyway. So. Uh... Yeah, yeah. No, it's cojones. It's cojones. I thought you were going to say. Yeah. That, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, Dil, Just I want to get you. I want to get your uh, opinion on the fight this morning. I don't know if you caught it. I know you'd have been training and whatever. But one of your old adversaries, Joseph Parker, was in action. Did you catch him? Did you Did you see the fight with Junior Farr yeah, or not? Yeah, I, I watched the fight. It was a terrible fight, man. Joseph Parker has really gone down the hill since since the last few years. He's he's like. I don't know, he's a guy that rides to occasion. I think he rides to the big fights. Like my fight, the Joshua fight, he rolls to them. But then when he fight these guys like Shandon Williams, um, all of these guys, do you know, I don't know. He's just like, he, he might be a guy that, that's young but finish early because obviously he rolls to fruition so early, you know what I mean? Because he was blitzing people. He haven't stopped any top guys in a long time. Mm. I think the last top guy he stopped was who? Um... What, Parker? Yeah, yeah. Stopped anyone, no, he hasn't stopped anyone um, in the top, in the top, you know. He's fought a lot of um, journey, journeymen, but, he, you know, he hasn't stopped anyone in the top. No. He hasn't stopped well, the top I mean, 10 guy, really. Well, he stopped, he stopped Flores, Leopold, and Sean Del Winters, that they don't really count. His last... I mean, he <laughs> probably and, don't even... and Leopold and those, those guys, those guys are yeah. nobody. Yeah, yeah. The, the last stoppage, I mean, I, again, you might not count this, was Alexander Dimitrenko, but you probably wouldn't even count that one either. You know, yeah, Dimitrenko so... would have been, Dimitrenko was half decent at the time, fair to be fair. Dimitrenko yeah, was yeah. half decent at the time, but 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 then, but I said, you haven't stopped doing it. And this is a guy that makes this use the way he loves to me, and it's just, ah, oh, he's just annoying. He needs to focus on himself on what he's doing and stop going on around and just keep talking nonsense, man. you know. We had the fight, you got bullied, and that's it. You know, focus on your career, good luck to you, man. And that's it. Serious but question, it was, Dil. It, it, was, it wasn't a great fight, though. Um, what, I don't know what you guys think. What do you guys think of the fight? It was a lot of holding. No, it was, and... Yeah, it was an awkward fight to watch. It was an awkward fight to watch. But, uh, yeah, he it, got, was, he, it was yeah. weird. Yeah. Go on, Gareth, what were you going to say there? Sorry, to, mate. Well, I, I, I want to just get back to Povetkin for a moment. Because um, what, what have you specifically wanted to work on since that first fight with him, Dillian, in your mind? Not necessarily what your coaches, your trainers have told you, but what did you take away from it afterwards when the dust settled? Just be switched on at our point and just, when I get him going, don't give him no chance. Mm. And, you know, obviously I was a bit very respectful in the whole build-up. I was like very, you know, obviously... You know, I was, I was a bit too respectful as well, man. You know, it's it's, it's war, man. Mm. You know, I was a bit very respectful. I was a bit like, you know, there's times when 
he was tapping gloves all the time. I would hurt him, and then he was with top gloves like that. Oh, you know, it's a bit. It, it's just, just to be more more professional, more switched on, and more consistent, man. You know, and, and just do what I do best. That's it, really. Just do what I do best. Because in the fight, I was boxing. I was, I was on the front foot, but then I was boxing. I, I was, I was like trying to box too clean and trying to box too, too, too calm and collect you know, something. That ain't my style, man. My style is to to bring work, you know, to to to, to put in work. That's my style, and that's what I just need to go back to. That's listen. On my worst day, I can give perfect in work, like serious work. Mm-hmm. If I come correctly and come the way I should come, then it should be a, a knockout victory for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm, I'm going to do. Listen, we're looking forward to it, man. Um, Can't wait go, to rock the rock. Go well in camp. Enjoy uh, a little bit of Spain whilst you're there, my man. And we'll see you out in Gibraltar doing your thing. Also, um, thank you very much for keeping us entertained on Instagram stories. The uh, the magic hands thing with the Spider-Man guy today was absolutely hilarious, <laughs> mate. So thank, you, so thank you very much for that. that he <laughs> hates it, man. <laughs> <laughs> it put a smile oh, on my face man. anyway, mate. Top work. Listen. No, uh, no. <laughs> gracias por tu tiempo, uh, Dillian. There you go, my man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Always good fun speaking to Dillian White. Looking forward to that fight on March the 27th. As I said, that is taking place in Gibraltar. Um, another man that joined us on the show was Derek Chisora. Um, the reason for having him on is because he was on social media on Saturday calling out Joseph Parker following his fight with Junior Farr. Uh, we started this conversation, though, talking about ice baths. It took you a little bit of time to get into that ice bath, didn't it, mate? Did you, uh, did you, did you have a little bit of trepidation? <laughs> were, were you, no, were you th- I, could not, I could not crack the ice. That was a problem. <laughs> it was frozen over, mate. It was, it was like an ice skating rink. I don't you know if you saw it, Gary. It was like icebergs in that thing, man. So it was, I, could not, I was trying it with a hammer, sledgehammer. It was hard to crack. Well, the, the funny things with, with with Derek and the cold, right? I remember he won't remember this, but I know the only time you can beat Derek is when it's really cold. Because I, I beat him in a snowball fight before he fought Vitaly Klitschko. Yeah, it never I happened. Bit, I hit him hard with the. He probably doesn't even remember it. Bounced off him, but I he had little. Gr- I remember that day. <laughs> Germany, we were in Germany. I remember that day. It was good fun. <laughs> it was. It was good fun. Derek, is yeah. the is the ice bath always part of your your, your after session recovery? Is it is it always been part of it, or was it just a bit of fun on that particular day? No, I I, I jump in it every morning. Just to just to, just to get the old senses going before you uh, you head off down to the gym, yeah. No, not even that. Before I take a shower, before I do anything, I just come out of my house and jump in it straight away. <laughs> there you go, Gareth. That's what you're doing wrong. Never mind this paddleboarding. Get yourself yeah. in, in, into the into the ice river. Gets you going for the day. Well, I told you a couple of week, a couple of weeks ago, I was running around the village with just my shorts on, doing the Wim Hof with no top on. But I, it's, I just yeah. it doesn't do it for me. And mm. I, and you know, that, look, Derek's doing it for a reason. Look, I've got to ask you, Del. Um, how, are you on the farm at the moment? Have you been on the farm over the Christmas or not? No, I'm not. Oh, I'm, so you, I'm, I'm in North London. I left the farm behind for a while. Oh, I'm sad to hear that because I thought that was a a place of repose and peace for you around the animals, and that that, nah, that it nah, gave you. I left I left the farm for a while. We're back there soon, though. Good man. That's what we like to hear. Um, Derek. We, I've seen you on social media today, obviously aiming your attentions towards one particular fighter who was fighting this morning. Let's uh, talk about his performance, because I'm sure that you watched that fight. What did you make of Joseph Parker's knock with uh, Junior Farr this morning? 
the fight, let me, let me, the first of all, yeah, the guys, they did well. Because um, you have to understand, Joseph hasn't boxed for over a year. And he didn't have enough sparring in New Zealand. There's no yeah. fighters out there. Yeah. You know, so for him to get his timing was difficult. If you probably ask Joseph himself, he'd tell, probably tell you only spotted this about eight rounds or ten rounds because there's nobody out there to spar. Yeah. It was for you to get your sparring partners to come to New Zealand. They have to quarantine for like a month. So, so both of them didn't have good sparring coming to help them out and train. You know, so first of all, that was the fight was okay. It was one to ten. I probably rated four and a half to be honest. Yeah, but they did what they had to do to entertain all of us, basically. Yeah, and he comes through it. He comes through it with a victory. I don't think anybody disputes the victory. Maybe one of those cards was a little bit wide, but at the end of the day, he come through with a victory. You know what? Saying about one of those cards, I think boxing has changed, man. You know, the, you know, as fighters as we fight, we train hard. But when guys just wake up from the house and go to the on the side of the ring and then wear their glasses and have a cup of tea and then start judging guys who, you know, going at it toe-to-toe and give those kind of, those shampoo scorecards, that is bad. Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm. Can't disagree with you on that. Um, so are we going to have to wait for crowds to come back for you to fight, Parker? You know what? I, I, I'm not going to wait. I, I've said, I've said, I, I've said, I've said to, to David that, you know what? We don't want to wait for crowds. You know, because really and truly, we don't know where we are. Mm-hmm. We don't know where and, we and are. So, so is he the guy you want, though? Is he, we know he's got a following here. Obviously, you've got a cult following now in the UK. Um, so you're going to press ahead with that fight early summer, presumably, or, or May, June, um, with, with Joseph Parker? No, we're pressing it for the next uh, eight weeks. Wow. I'm just thinking, yeah. That, what, what a, I'm thinking location. Obviously, we're in a weird time, aren't we? It's hard to plan for things at the moment, Derek. So regarding that, are you looking to do that in the UK? Or are you bothered about, are you bothered about the, where it is? In the UK. In the UK. Have you, how far down the line are you with, with his team regarding the negotiations for that fight then, if, if we're talking eight weeks? Oh, that's all up to, it's up to David and Eddie right now. He's been in talk for a while anyway, so we'll see what happens. You, you sound you sound frustrated at the moment, and you know we got that from Tyson Fury last week, Derek. That fighters want to get back in there, and presumably you you want a date so you can feel motivated. You need it now at this stage in your career. Yeah, listen, fighters want to get back in there, but what fighters as well have to understand is, you know, you have to take a massive pay cut if you want to get back in there with no audience. That is it. You know, if you're not doing pay per view. You take a pay, a pay cut, you know, if you're boxing on, not on pay-per-view and you're making 300000 now you have to take a hundred grand. Yeah. And most fighters don't want to take that money. And you're like, oh, mate, there's nobody coming to watch you. Everybody's watching you on TV right now. So take what you can. Mm. Danny, what's the experience like of fighting behind closed doors without fans, of which you experienced, obviously, with the, in the Usyk fight? You feel everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously you're you used... Can, you, you could hear the punches being thrown. You can hear the punches go past you. You know, if, if it hits you on the ribs, on your, cho- on your jaw, on your nose, 
you feel everything. <laughs> it must be weird, though, because you're used to, obviously, having 10,000, 15,000 people screaming your name when you're making your ring walk to the Hotel California that we've just been listening to there, you know? So that must be a bit of a weird experience, making the way to the ring without the fans in there. Mate, it's the weirdest thing ever. But once you're in it, you're in it. There's yeah. no coming back. There's no pulling back and there's no coming out. Of it. You're in it. <laughs> mm. You're right. You, especially when you arrive to the stadium, you can actually hear when you're in your dressing room, you can hear the other guys chucking punches. Pow, 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 pow. And you can hear, get him, get him. Double jab, double jab. Right hand. You know, it's so weird. But it is what it is. Can I go back to that Alexander Usyk fight for a moment, Derek? Um, you were beating him up for the first few rounds. He, he, his arrival in the heavyweight division has, has been greeted with a huge fanfare. You've been in there with him for 12 rounds. Obviously, he's very skillful. Do you think he's got what it takes to win a world title in the heavyweight division? Yes, he does. I'm not going to lie to you because uh, his strategy is he knows he can... If he blindsides you, he's going to turn you around and he's going to start hitting you hard. He's going to jump on you. Um, he chucks loads of punches, basically. You know, they don't hurt punches by just scoring, taking points. How do you think he gets on with Joe Joyce when they meet? He win. He win that. Now, on Saturday night, it was Canelo versus Avni Yildirim, a man that was out there as part of the promotion team, Matchroom. is of course, the CEO, Frank Smith. He was winding us up, talking about lovely temperatures and obviously being out in Miami and not in lockdown, which is all well and good. Uh, but he also gave us a little bit of information, seeing as that we've just been speaking to some heavyweights, about the heavyweight fight that we're all waiting for, Fury versus AJ. However... We started this conversation, and you, there's a theme with this, that we're starting conversations off-piste. We started talking about pyjamas. I'm literally just pulling in to the Hard Rock Stadium. No yeah. need. So, Frank, there's, uh, no need. there's no need to do that to us, mate. You, you know, you didn't need to tell no, us exactly. All right, all right. <laughs> from, it's from only agony. 28 degrees as well. <laughs> oh, there you go. From agony to ecstasy, yeah. from the UK to Miami. Yeah. Like, Frank, I've got to ask you, right? I've got to ask you about this because Eddie Hearn accuses me of my hair being stuck in the 80s, my yeah. fashion being like George <laughs> Michael. He's always taking the mickey. But what was going on yesterday with those Dolce and Gabbana pyjamas that he was wearing? You even took the mickey out of him on Twitter. What the hell is going on? Firstly, your hair is very much stuck in the 80s, correct? But yeah, <laughs> uh, to be honest... I, I, I must admit, I do. I did quite appreciate the pajamas, although on yeah. social media I gave him a bit of a hammering. I thought it looked all right, and uh, you know, I think uh, don't get me wrong, Canelo pulled it off slightly better than him, but you know, he didn't look too bad and actually fitted in quite well for Miami. Yeah, but how would how would pajama how would a pajama suit suit you? He's not commenting on that, mate. He's not, no, having, no any comment. No He's comment. not having any of it. The, um, it, no, it, it, I, I promise it cut, it cut out, Gareth. So yeah. I, I would have commented. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, it, it, made, it made good for social media memes anyway yesterday with Canelo in his pyjamas and Eddie in his pyjamas as well. It gives everybody a bit of a talking point and I believe that it was a, a bet well honoured uh, on, uh, on Eddie's part as well. So well done to him for that. Um, Talk to me about the stresses of this week because it might say it might sound glamorous as talking about Miami and going to go and watch Canelo at uh, the Hard Rock Stadium. 
Um, but you had a little bit of trauma with the co-main event. A world title fight fell off at the at the last minute, but I'm sure uh, that period of time, that 24 hours, that 36 hours, in order to get the co-main back on for an interim title fight, must have been incredibly stressful, Frank. Yeah, obviously we found out the news that Martinez uh, had to withdraw just you know, I think it was just after the press conference on Thursday. And the team worked really hard to find a replacement, managed to get them into into Miami, tested, all coronavirus free, and uh, ready to fight for the WBC interim title. So you know, it was a great job by everyone, and really, really exciting. And it's great to keep Arroyo active as well because he'd been training for a long time for the fight, um, and you know. The aim is get this fight out of the way and then they've got the big test for the WBC title against Martinez in due course. No, absolutely. Congratulations to everybody involved and obviously uh, well done. Abraham Rodriguez taking that in the last minute, getting on a plane and getting himself over to Miami for the fight uh, this evening. That's the core main event. The main event is, of course, uh, Canelo taking on Avni Yildirim. He's WBC um, mandatory. We'll talk about that fight in particular in a moment, but... We're, as British fight fans, hoping that he comes through it this evening so therefore he can move on to Billy Joe Saunders. That's what we're hearing the news will be. Is Billy in attendance tonight, Frank? No, unfortunately, Billy's not here. I, you know, he would have been here, but um, we we actually, due to the travel restrictions, it made it very difficult for him. You know, if he would have come over, he would then would have had to quarantine when he got back. You know, obviously come over a period before to test as well here. So, you know, it didn't just it didn't work out, especially with his training camp. Um, and, you know, the key is to get the fight on with those fighters in the best possible shape. So, uh, you know, I'm sure all being well tonight, you should hopefully see hear some news for, for later in May. Well, as you, as you say, um, obviously you're not going to give us the official announcement right now, but should Saul Canelo Alvarez come through against Abney Yildirim tonight, do you think we're going to hear the date and the venue uh, from you guys post-fight tonight? Look, hopefully all being well, we'll, we'll be able to release some details around the next the, the next fight. You know, all being well with Canelo tonight, no cuts, no hand injuries, anything, um, and you know, obviously get the win. Then, uh, hope, like I say, we'll be, we should be uh, announcing something later this evening. So fingers crossed, we get to do that. May not be venue, but hopefully we can get as much detail out as possible. Good to hear. Um, on yeah. Canelo, because we spoke about him a lot over the last couple of weeks in admiration, really. Um, in a time where a lot of champions only fight twice, maybe three times a year, if we're lucky to hear the best, the pound-for-pound best, uh, said that he wants to fight um, four times this year. And those fights that he's naming are all guys with belts in his in his weight division to become the first ever undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. That's good to hear. It's good that the pound-for-pound number one is setting that example for everybody else. Yeah, no, look, 100%. It's great for the sport of boxing. Um, it keeps the momentum going. And, uh, you know, it's what we all want to see. Obviously, box Callum Smith late December last year, boxes tonight, boxes in May, once the box September, December again, five fights in a year period. Um, it's unheard of, really, at his level. But, like I say, great for the sport of boxing, and it's going to help ensure that it keeps on growing and growing. The other thing about it, Frank, not only is he setting the benchmark there, the, the top 20, 30 boxers in the world at the moment do tend to fight twice a year. And because of COVID restrictions, because of lockdown, a lot of those guys have not fought for a year when they come back. And we've seen lots of upsets as a result, or certainly um, the fact they might be ring rusty or whatever it is. But clearly for him, 
you know, having the momentum, activity is what people are talking about so much at the moment. The fact he's maintaining that activity does mean so much at his age as a boxer right now and where he is. Yeah, completely. I think that he, he believes he's at the prime of his career right now and he wants to fight as regularly as possible. Um, and, you know, like I say, it's great for the sport. It's great for him. Um, he's got a great team. You know, he's constantly in the gym, constantly training. And he just wants to be the best there is. Um, you know, he wants to become undisputed at 168 pounds. Obviously, um, the, the aim is the Billy Joe fight. And then, you know, he, his aim is the K-Lev plant after, fight after that. Um you know, great, great for him, great for the sport. And as I say, at this time in his career, he's, he's really taken every opportunity he can. Frank, speaking um, of of mega fights that all the fight uh, all the fans are into, uh, the one that I'm sure that you're asked about probably every five minutes of your existence at the moment is the one in the heavyweight division with the unified champion uh, Anthony Joshua and and Tyson Fury. I've seen two contrasting uh, bits of conversation this week from Anthony. All positive on his social media. Listen, we're close. I've spoken to my management team. I've spoken to my promoter. We're nearly there. Then I saw Tyson Fury speaking to ESPN, I think, this week, where he says, listen, we're a million miles off. We're, we're, we're no closer. What is, what, what is the current situation uh, with AJ versus Fury, Frank? It's all fun and games, isn't it? Everyone's, uh, <laughs> everyone's back and forth on it. But, um, no, look, we're, we're all working towards, the, I think, the same goal here. But on both sides, we want to make the biggest fight there is in the world, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure that we can. Um, like I say, we're, both sides are working as hard as they possibly can. And, you know, as soon as there is news, I'm sure it won't it won't be held back for very long. Um, so, all all being worked on. Hopefully, we'll have some more info soon on that front. But it's still the aim from our side, and you know, I truly believe it's the aim from their side as well. Yeah, as as I said at the top of the show, Adam Frank, that you know that that I thought a lot of what Fury. Um, spoke about with ESPN this week, I think was misinterpreted by huge swathes of the media online. And I think he was just expressing frustration almost at himself and his promoters that he hadn't had a fight in December and that he's been out for so long. You know, and he told me privately, he was hoping that the fight would be kind of signed, sealed and delivered by the end of February. Because then someone knows the staging of their camp what they need to do, where they're going to be, and they can start to make those plans. I think that's all that was this week. I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah, look, I think he just wants to be active, as you say. He wants to be fighting. Um, and, you know, he's obviously, he just wants news as soon as possible. But these things take time, in all truth. You know, they, they, it does take work. It takes a lot of effort from all sides. Um, and, it, you know, I'm very confident it will get done. Um, but, you know, I can understand from his side, he wants to be active. He hasn't, I think he boxed, was it February 2020? A year ago. A year ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a year, year ago. ago now. So, yeah, yeah. so, you know, I, I can see from that standpoint, but everyone's working towards it and these things do take time, especially at this level. Mm. Uh, one of the most hotly anticipated, I suppose, but purse bids took place this week, especially in my time covering this sport. I've never, I've never seen so much coverage over social media over, over a purse bid. What did you make of uh, that this week and what did you make of Triller entering uh, the boxing space? When I say boxing space, I mean the proper boxing space rather than the showbiz boxing space. No, I think the tr- Triller entering boxing is great for the sport. Competition is great for the sport and anyone who wants to invest and build boxing, it, it's brilliant because, you know, Ultimately, we want boxing to be as big as possible. And that does take money, that takes investment. Um, and, you know, I think they, they've done a great job. 
I think it's great for the fighters as well. Tiafimo Lopez, George Cambosis, you know, will get what they get what they deserve in, in such a dangerous sport where these fighters risk their life. They deserve every penny they can get. Um, and you know, we saw there uh, Tiafimo Lopez is going to make just under four million dollars. George Cambosis about two point one million dollars. You know, brilliant. And although we didn't win. You know, I think we put in a, a decent-sized bid, and it would have been a great fight for, for us to, to get as well. But fair play to Triller, and great job. I know, I completely agree with you. And, and when you look at pay-per-views in America, only in boxing last year, they got the biggest pay-per-view with Roy Jones Jr. and, yeah. and Mike Tyson, whether you like it or not. So it just it opened a market for me. I completely agree with you. It's nice to have another player in the market. It just enhances our sport. Completely, and you know we don't want to. Obviously, look, every business wants to be number one, but it is great to have competition because it ensures you don't get complacent and you mm-hmm. you keep on working and pushing, you know, your business. So, um, look, it's brilliant and very exciting times for the sport of boxing, definitely. What did you make of uh, Mr. Aram's comments about you guys bidding on his fighter? I think Mr. Aram is just throwing his toys out of the pram because he didn't <laughs> win and he didn't get what he wants. But, you know, ultimately, shouldn't Bob Aaron be happy that his client that he represents is getting paid very well? And the answer to that should be yes. Every fighter we represent, you know, ultimately our job is to do as well as possible for that fighter. And I'm sure the the same should be said for Bob Aaron's fighters um, on his side. So, you know, he, he, he didn't win, so of course he's not happy. He's lost his number one star to Triller, who put the money up. So, you know, it is what it is. That's business. 
the fight's been kind of going on forever, it seems, but we had a, a confirmed date of uh, February 27th, tonight, actually, is when I was meant to fight. Yeah. Um, but because of a, a, an injury to my hand, it was postponed. But it, it has been confirmed for the 3rd of April in, in Dubai. So um, I, I had to take a few weeks off um, sparring and stuff. I've started back sparring there um, a few days ago. So all's going well. Hands holding up well so far as well. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to the fight now. Carl, we know, we know that you had surgery on your hands after a, a previous fight. Is it a reoccurrence or is it a new thing? No, it's it's a, it's a different thing. It's just a wee bit of uh, ligament damage rather than a break or anything like that. So um, I think a, a lot of people are concerned about about my hands and people <laughs> close to me especially. But my hands are, obviously I've, I've hurt them in that last bar, but they have been okay up until that point. The operations have went very well. Um, but uh, I, I hurt them off the top of a head in a spar. And that's just what happens. And in, in, in this game, sometimes just very, very unlucky, but they're they're holding up well so far. Good, um, Carl. So presumably, you will you will you base your camp in Dubai? Will you go out there in early March now and be there for a month, or how will you do it? Yeah, I, I think we're looking to do like at least three weeks anyway in Dubai. I, I I I do between three and four weeks normally when I fight in in the states or um or anywhere else really. So. That's something that I've always done. I don't. I don't feel it's it's professional. The only going to go in a week before or or ten days before even. I think it's. I need to give myself as much time to use the time difference and just my surroundings and and everything. So it'll be a minimum of three weeks. But we're still we're still deciding an exact date to go out. There was a wonderful. Sorry, Ed. There was a wonderful um, look inside your camp recently. I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Chris Lloyd spending six weeks with you, I think it was, where he'd filmed you with Jamie Moore. I thought it was a wonderful insight into you and your life. And I tell you what, I was so taken with your daughter, Carla. She is, it's Carla, isn't it? She's special. She is a special human being. And I was wondering while watching you with her, because she's such a bright spark, isn't she? That I wondered... Well, if that girl wants to go in bo- into boxing, what's Carl's reaction going to be like? Do you know? Do you know what, Gareth? Um, so inside fighting, that, that's a new project. Me and Chris have got going, and and it's going pretty well. And and it's kind of well. Initially, the first part of it is delving into the my backstory and and me in preparation for this fight. But the amount of people that have praised Carla <laughs> from what she said on yeah. on, on that documentary has so been right. insane. She's She's, she's such a bright kid and she's such a great kid, very nice and sensitive and down to earth and, and caring. Um, mm. and, and everybody seems to seems to love her. But she's very, very sporty as well and very competitive. She's really into her cross-country running. She's in the school cross-country running team. And she comes out and does some 5Ks with me. And um, we've, wow. done, we've done as, as much as an 8K. Um, but she's... Um, She's a, she's competitive, and I think she probably will ask. We we see what's going on with, <laughs> yeah, with go. female boxing, yeah. and Katie Taylor yeah. and yeah. Cameron and everybody else. And I have a feeling she will ask at some point. I'd rather she didn't, but I'd also rather my son didn't. Yeah, um, yeah right. So that's that's it, really. Listen, you cross mm-hmm. that bridge when it comes, mate. I've no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's um what's the uh, thought on the fight being rearranged? Uh, 
for Dubai. When I originally saw that, I started thinking, is it because that you can get fans in? What's the situation there, Carl? Will there be well, fans I, I in attendance? I think that that's what they're hoping for, fans. Um, I think it was more of a chance a week ago that there was fans. I think we were looking certain that they were going to fill a stadium, but now it's not looking that certain. I think rules have changed a little bit in, in yeah. Dubai um, and the UAE. So um, I, I think there may be some fans, but maybe not as many as as we would have liked. Um, but things may change again. Who knows? But some fans is better than none. Um, so... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to the fight. And it's, you know, I, I've been to Dubai once in my life before. Loved the place. Going to be a bit different fighting there, but um, it's, a, it's a fantastic place. No, absolutely, mate. Um, does, um, does the delay and uh, living, obviously, with the same fighter in your head for such a long period of time, does it does it heighten any animosity? I mean, you're both top blokes. We've, we've had both of you on the show. Um, everybody speaks very highly of the pair of you. But when you are specifically living with one bloke in your head for such a long period of time, does the animosity get bigger and bigger and bigger every single month that it goes on? No, no, not at all. Um, I, I don't think there is any animosity. I, I don't have any animosity towards him. I, I just see this as a fight, and that's what it is. And um, there's not too many of my opponents that I have felt that way about and, and Jamel's just a, a guy who I respect completely um, he's in this game for the same reasons as me he wants to win and be involved in big fights win big fights provide for his family um, and, I, and I've got to respect that so th- there's no animosity from my side at all and you know I, I'm just looking forward to a, to a great fight and, and finally getting it, getting it done I, Carl, I've, I found myself talking about you a lot in the wake of Josh Warrington's uh, loss a couple of weeks ago because um, you mm. had life and death with him. You had a war with him, an incredible war um, that yeah. night in, in December 2018. Did you watch that fight and wonder whether that fight you had with him took a, an awful lot out of him? And, and did you have views on whether he whether the referee Howard Foster, Adam and I spoke to Robert Smith about it last week on the show, fascinating conversation actually. Did you have views at the time when you were watching it on him being uh, a wizened champion, undefeated, that it, that Howard Foster should have given him all the opportunities to stay in the fight that he gave him? Well, I, 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 I did watch the fight. Uh, answer that the first question, I did watch the fight. I was surprised at, at what I was seeing. I was expecting Josh to... Uh, deal with Laura, although I hadn't seen much of Laura. Uh, I hadn't seen any of them, if I'm being honest, but mm. a really unorthodox, hard-hitting Mexican. Um, and, and I think that, that Hard Foster gave him all the opportunity in the world, but I do think it, it should have been stopped earlier. Um, and, and But but we can't just solely blame Hard Foster on that. I think that you know I, I love Sean, his dad, who's a, who's a trainer, but I think the Tal should have came in before it did, yeah. uh, before the fight was stopped as well. At the end of that fourth round, he was hurt bad. And when he stood up for the start of the fifth, he still wasn't right. Um, and I, I just feel like fights like that take a lot out of you. I don't mm. think I don't think the fight against me took took as much out as Josh as it took out of me, really, if I'm being <laughs> honest. He, he won that fight, you know, convincingly, although it was a good fight. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think it was a, a case of him of my fight taking too much out of him. I, I just think you know a lack of crowd, lack of motivation. Really, the the world title wasn't on the line. He just lost the the chance to fight for the ring magazine. You know, it was all a bit of 
underwhelming really and, and I think it all played a part and, and played a part in a negative way for Josh. And and, and, and and inactivity as well, maybe 15 months out and I wonder whether, yeah. whether you know, you try to, obviously, you know, you're, you're an experienced fighter so you don't have to spar all the time, you know exactly what you're doing, you know how to taper down and everything but we're talking about it every week on the show at the moment, Carl. High level elite fighters like yourself, there's 30, 40 guys in the world at the moment who almost haven't fought for a year under real circumstances. Yeah. It's a real factor, in, in isn't activity. it? Yeah, of course it is, Gareth. And inactivity sorry, um, plays a real key in, in, in some people's demise. And, and I think certainly that, that was something that, that um, Josh wouldn't have been happy with how long that uh, he was out of the ring for. I think another thing that I, I wanted to... I think may have affected the fight was it was made at nine stone and there was no there was no titles on the line. Now Josh, he's he's a big featherweight. I don't think he makes it comfortably. I don't see why the fight wasn't made at nine two, nine three, something like that mm. to make it a little bit more comfortable for Josh. I think that was a mistake from mm. from everyone involved really in making the fight to really kill him to get down the nine stone for a fight very with no point. title. Yeah, very very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, Carl, I've just got two more things for you. Obviously, we saw a cracker last week in your division, Valdez versus Burchell. What did you make of Oscar's performance last weekend? It, it was a magnificent performance. I, I, I've been getting things wrong recently. I've done a kind of double prediction on, a, on my own YouTube channel, and, and I, I says Warrington inside about five or six, and, and Burchell inside about five or six, I think. So <laughs> I, got, I got them way wrong, and uh, I, I thought... I thought Burchelt was just going to be too big and strong. And yeah. um, Valdez was amazing. He, he was very, very disciplined and he had to be disciplined. We, we've seen Valdez before where he just gets, he's a bit gung-ho and he gets drawn into fights and has shootouts with people. Mm-hmm. You could see at what he'd been trying to do in previous fights. He put it really into practice in this fight. And you have to give credit, well, to Valdez for carrying out that game plan, but also to Eddie Reynoso for being able to change a, a marauding brawling fighter into a, a very clever boxer um, and I think tactically he was, he was brilliant yeah he was absolutely sensational finally what would it mean to become a three weight world champion it would mean the world it would mean the world to me and to my family my kids and um, to Jamie Moore and Nigel Travis and, and everybody who's been involved in my career going back as far as my amateur coaches and everybody who's played a, a, a part you know big or small so it would mean it would mean so much. It would mean so much to the people of back home, Northern Ireland, and, and Ireland as well, and I suppose the UK too. So it's a, it's a huge opportunity for me, and I intend to make the most of it. Are you still doing the ferry, by the way, the the nine hour ferry? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I've been I've been mixing it between the between the boat and uh, and and flights. So just depend on how I feel. My last trip to I'm in Manchester now, and my last trip over was on a flight. Yeah. Um. So. The furry's just, oh, it's, it's an absolute pain in the arse, to be honest. But, it sounds it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound the most attractive thing in the world to be doing. No. Uh, but at least you get three weeks in the build-up to uh, the fight in Dubai with a bit of sun on your back. And I'm sure that uh, puts an extra little bit of a spring in your step as you're building up towards a fight with a bit of sun knocking about as well. Absolutely, I think so. You know, it's the sun The sun makes everybody happy. They hate the sunshine. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting out there and, and just finally, finally getting the fight done. 
Another fighter that was due to fight on Saturday night is Archie Sharp. He's obviously in the same weight division as uh, Carl Frampton. He was due on that undercard. A nice little showcase for him on the under of the WBO uh, Super Featherweight Championship. He's highly ranked with the WBO and he's got eyes on the prize of world titles. Um, we started the conversation, though, talking about his injury as to why he wasn't fighting on Saturday night and when he expects to be back in the ring. I picked up a little injury. I was due to be fighting tonight on the show, but unfortunately uh, I've got a little injury. But the recovery is going very, very well, and hopefully I'll be out within the next couple of months. So, so yeah, positive now. So now I'm on, like I say, a good recovery. Well, we've just spoken to uh, Carl Frampton. Um, and uh, he's confirmed that uh, his fight's being rearranged for uh, April the third. Do you fancy it, Dubai, mate? Get out! To, can you can you make that? Will you be will you be fitting time for April the third? Do you know what? April the third would be lovely, but um, do you know what? I think that might be a bit early for myself. I'm looking probably late April, okay. early May. All right. Nice. Um. Good, good evening, Archie. Um. Uh, case in point with Carl Frampton. He sits at number four in the WBO rankings at the moment. Obviously, he's fighting Jamel Herring on April the 3rd in Dubai, as we were talking about. A number, a certain Archie Sharp sits at number five in the WBO rankings. Yeah. Now, I know you're 19-0. You are highly touted. Um, there's, there's, there's levels in the sport, as we know. Um, you, 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 you don't mind calling anyone out with Shaka Stevenson's been on your lips. Um how quickly or how slowly do you want to move your career along? Because you're already up there in those world rankings. How do you see the staging of your career from this point? I think for me now, now I've um, separated from my coach, who was Richard Sawyer from the age of seven, and I've changed things up now. I'm now with Al Smith down at the Ibox gym. Mm. Um, so I've now spice things up if you like with the training and learning new things and I've got a great trainer Al Smith who's uh, got all all the experience yeah. so working with him and him seeing my potential he really does believe that getting a move on this year definitely makes sense he, like I say we're glad that we've got the injury because he was really looking forward to um, for me being out there because like I say we've learned loads over the few months us working together so, um, so for myself and, and, and my team, we are looking at pushing on this year, really, and trying to get these big fights in. And also, Archie, what does that do for your confidence? When you, when you hear another voice confirm the things that maybe you're thinking in your head, but an experienced voice that says, yeah, actually, the things that you're thinking are actually viable, mate. You know what I mean? You are good enough, and, we're, and we should be pushing you on in these directions. What does that do for your confidence? It just boosts it even more. Like Being at the age of seven and coming through the amateurs, always fighting at a high level. Everyone was always saying it, but now I'm in the pro ranks and I'm, I'm, I'm literally a stone throw away from where I want to be. And hearing it from a, a great trainer, like like you say, Alan Smith, who's, who's got all the experience, been around, he's learned from Jimmy Tibbs and all, yeah. all sort of being pals, some great trainers. And for him to pull uh, to, to pull me aside and say, Arch, look, you've got a lot of ability, a lot of talent. I definitely believe that you, you should be mixing with that he believes I can beat Frampton, he believes I can beat Jamel Herring, he, he believes in my ability and um which just encourages me even more. I mean tonight would have been a wonderful opportunity for you to be on that card, do your thing with the main event being the world title. Obviously everything kinda of didn't materialise like that, but I'm sure uh, more opportunities will uh, will arise in the not too distant future, as you've said. Hopefully, you'll be back out by the back end of April. A name that's always linked with you, Archie. Whenever I speak to people on the on the British scene in particular, is always Zelfa Barrett. 
He's, his name always pops up with people chatting here, there and everywhere. Is that a potential fight maybe going forward? Obviously, Zelfa's just fought recently in the Kiko Martinez fight. Yes, yeah, so that fight, um, me and Al actually sat down and, and, we, and we spoke about Kiko Martinez and then within a week, it got announced. So, they, they, so, uh, so they, we had the same sort of um, thinking. But Zelfa Barrett has always been chucked up. Um, I think after obviously his last outing with Kiko, I think Kiko definitely does deserve the rematch, um, and then we'll see how things go from there. But Zelf is a great kid, um, and if he's destined to do what he says he, he's destined to do, then down the line, myself and him will end up fighting for bigger titles on the line because look, mm. I'm like I say a stone throw away from a world title fight. Once I pick my WBO uh, WBO world title fight. Um, win, and win my title, then these big fights in, over in the UK will be will be happening. And Zelfa, if he's still winning and winning big titles, then that fight will happen down the line. Fair point. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at your record. Like 2020, you had one fight. Inactivity is something we're talking about, or activity we're talking about a lot tonight. Tyson Fury, Carl Frampton, Josh Warrington a couple of weeks ago. Um, in 2017, you fought five times. In 2018, you fought three times. Last uh, 2019, four times. Only one fight last year. Hard we're into job. 20. Yeah. I, no, yeah, but we're into 2021 now. How do you? How have you, as a young fighter who's still developing, how have you maintained your momentum over the last 17, 18 months? Well, I won't lie. It has been very frustrating. Like you say, I, I, mm. I boxed title fight back to back um, and and I was had a very good momentum going but unfortunately with COVID and, and what's happening with the world I've only like say boxed once so it's been very mm. frustrating um, but I think the main thing is just being in the gym learn, like with being with Al I've been able to learn more so yeah. I've just been taking the time out learning more working on a few things that I needed to work on I've watched loads of fights back um, of myself and other fighters and just doing a lot more study, and I've been using the time as wise as wise as possible, really. Good. good. What did what? Uh, seeing as that we're talking on that world level, Arch, and you, like you said, you, you're there. You're only a couple, probably. Two, whenever we get back in there, you're not too far away from obviously fighting for those world titles. We know what's happening with the WBO, right? So we know that Herring and Frampton are there, and we know that Shakur Stevenson's lurking around as well. What do you make of the other guys in in that division that are holding belts? I mean, what did you make of the Oscar Valdez fight last week? Brilliant performance from him. And what did you make of Joey Diaz losing his belt on the scales? I think him losing his belt on the scales was very unprofessional because um, he hasn't. I don't believe he's been at Superweight for that long for him to blow up like that. So. I don't really know what's happening there, whether he'll stay at Super Featherweight, I'm not too sure. Um, but Oscar Valdez put on a masterclass performance. What what Correct. a finish that was. I think that was a yeah. great, great, great knockout and, and a great performance all in all. Mm. Mate, Completely listen, it's an, it's an exciting division and you're right in the mix of it. So you're looking at the back end of April before we get to see you uh, back out doing your thing, mate. Yeah, so back end of April, hopefully. Um, but my, my, my recovery's been co- um, come on really well, um, which was surprisingly. So it's come on very well. And uh, hopefully end of April, early May. We'll finish the podcast with a little bit of nostalgia. Yes, I was an eight-year-old boy in February 1989 when Frank Bruno went over to Las Vegas to take on the baddest man on the planet, Iron Mike Tyson. 
course, there's a massive narrative around that particular fight. And there's a documentary that was released this week, 32 years on. So we thought we'd have a little bit of a trip down memory lane on the show ourselves on Saturday evening. If you missed it, this is what it sounded like. This will not be the first time that Mike Tyson and Frank Bruno have faced each other in a boxing ring when Tyson was 16 years old and Bruno was in this country to fight a boxer named Mike Jameson. They sparred. I feel very confident. I've got the power, the timing. The, the time is right to beat him. It's peak time. Bruno's clear, but he knows the power of Mike Tyson. Tyson, if ever there was a guy fighting like a raging bull, it's Mike Tyson. Because he's trying to impress his Englishmen out here. And I'm just convinced, you know what I mean? These fellas, how dare challenge me with their somewhat prim primitive skills. They're just as good as dead. Right hand lands. Tyson knows he's got him in big trouble. If he doesn't answer it, Richard Steele has moved in and has stopped the fight. It's all over. Michael Tyson wins on a fifth round TKO. tell you what that brings back some memories 1989 February uh, when Tyson finally uh, met uh, Frank Bruno I'm Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies uh, alongside me we're finishing off the show taking a little bit of a trip down memory lane have you uh, managed to get your eyes across the documentary as of yet Gareth or uh, or is no, uh, the memory still fresh from uh, from February 1989 yeah, it, it is. Um, I'm no, it's still on my to watch list. Even though it came out, I think it came out this week, didn't it? Thursday yes, or Friday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had a little gander, but I haven't had time to watch the uh, the whole thing yet. And I, but I want to sit down with a nice um, glass of tequila and a nice cigar <laughs> and actually savor the two men being together because I've seen, yeah. read, and heard. That like they were like long lost brothers when it's, they filmed. Do you them know together. something? It's it's the best thing about fight sports yeah, when you see is. things like this. I mean, we were in a really lucky position when we covered uh, the Wilder Fury first fight, and they did a Legends Day, and me and you were in there like. Thick as thieves, weren't we? In and around yeah. these legends, the Lennox yeah. Lewis's and the Evander, Evander, come over here. Evander, <laughs> Evander, come over. Those characters. Michael, yeah, exactly. Buster Douglas, come over here, amazing. please. You know? It was amazing yeah. just to watch them all chatting amongst each other. It's just hey, fantastic hey, to see. And don't you remember, the, on, on the, I think it was either that day or the day afterwards, Lennox nudging um, Riddick Bow really hard up on stage. Yeah. Do you remember what they're weighing? Like, he's still really got giving beef. him an elbow, getting he's him still out got of the beef. way. He's still got beef oh with that WBC God. belt going in the bin, hasn't he? Uh, but, it, <laughs> but you're right to bring up the, the moment that uh, Bruno and Tyson did meet each other. Uh, because the documentary, if you've not seen it, Sky have done this documentary. It's fantastic. It tells you the tale of what happened and the build-up to the fight, how the fight played out, and obviously the second fight. But there's the ending of it is Frank Bruno going over to America to meet uh, Mike Tyson. And recently, Frank caught up with Spencer Oliver on Fight of My Life here on Talk Sport to talk about that particular moment. You lost that fight and your title to Mike Tyson. You've decided to hang up your gloves. And more recently, actually, you've just been out to visit Mike Tyson, haven't you? Tell us a little bit about that. And are you friends now? <laughs> well, I can't be friends with someone trying to knock you or kill you. <laughs> I mean, I can be friends, yeah. I went over there. He was very, very, very nice and very, very down to earth and very, very calm. He didn't have the entourage around him, so he seemed much more better than having all yes men around him. He just had his PA and a lady PA as well, and he just kept it on the level. He was very, very the best I've ever seen him. I think he's into Bob Marley, though. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I, 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 think, I, think you, I think you would take him now, Frank. 
Yeah, I tell them, I saw him now, and he's coming back. Holyfield is coming back. This one wants to come back or whatever. I said, don't, just don't rule me out. You know, we, you're not allowed back in England, but we can do something in Ireland. He's a very different character. Is uh, is Mike Tyson than, than the Mike Tyson that was uh, around in 1989, the baddest man on the planet. Obviously, he's gone through an awful lot. Ser- um, served jail time in between the first Bruno fight and the second uh, Bruno fight. Um, and he's most certainly developed and matured as a, as a human being over the years. And to see those two guys sit down in, uh, I think it was Tyson's house or a rented house somewhere in Miami or wherever it was that they met, just to see Frank, because it seems that it's, it's lived with Frank for a long period of time, that, that, th- those two defeats, and he seemed to get a bit of closure out of it. It's important that, uh, that fighters get those moments, I think, uh, post-fight, whether it be five, ten years, or in this case, 32 years down the line, just, the, just, just for a bit of peace. And it was nice to see them uh, old boys having a bit of a chat with each other. Definitely, and you've got to remember when they went into that first fight, um, as you say, he was the baddest. Iron Mike Tyson was the self-styled baddest man on the planet, and he lived up to that reputation, didn't he? And he, at the time, Adam, remember, he was thirty-five and zero. He was the youngest heavyweight champion in history. He'd been the undisputed champion. He was he had thirty-one KOs in those thirty-five victories. And the funny thing is, and I, I spent a bit of time around Frank Bruno recently. I had a dinner with him um, year before last. Um, he worked with me on the second. Um, uh, Andy Ruiz, Anthony Joshua fight. Um, I worked with him mm. and Shannon Briggs doing a commentary on the fight from back in London uh, when I was unable to travel. But I had a great night with those guys. And I feel very uh, sensitive for for Frank <clears throat> because of what he's been through. And this guy, I remember when we were growing up, when we were young men, uh, when I was a young man anyway, um, and you you were probably still at school, <laughs> that, that he was a national treasure. Yeah. And genuinely was a national treasure. And there's a vulnerability to Frank, that Frank Bruno, that you saw Mike Tyson appreciate with true humanity and love. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, in a hundred years' time, the sport we love now, which is already seen by, as barbaric by some sections of the society, and is already a niche sport... It, you just wonder whether the way society's going, it'll almost be outlawed by then. And two individuals who share the fear, the suspense, um, the thrill, um, the pressure, um, all the things that they bring together in a big, momentous occasion, they share that moment together, whether they win or lose, whether they're knocked out or not. And years later, to see them reflect on something like this is, is, is a reason for me that we, I hope that society does keep fight sports, that it doesn't get pushed underground, that it is celebrated as mm. these are individuals because of the way they are shaped, what's in their DNA, they need to fight, mm. you know? No, uh, listen... This fight in particular is very, uh, well, it's, 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 uh, it brings back a lot of emotions for me because I remember this being the first moment that I watched something with my dad mm. and it made me go, what is this? This is unbelievable. Mm. The narrative's mm. going into this. I remember vaguely now, as I watched that documentary, I remember certain parts of, 
uh, of what was happening in the timeline because I remember seeing a front page splash of a of a car crash where Mike Tyson crashed the car into a tree, which then delayed the fight because it was supposed to happen at Wembley, if we remember that. And then uh, obviously yeah. it, it got rescheduled about four or five times. <clears throat> then it got taken over to Vegas. And then I just remember the newspaper clippings and all those types of things building up towards this monstrosity of a fight. And it, at the time, this fight... If I'm, if uh, somebody will correct me, I'm sure. But it, um, my me- if my memory serves me right, this was the first fight on Sky. Sky launched in 1989. That's right. That's right. And they used this fight to sell the dishes. So we didn't have Sky at my house. Mm-hmm. So all the normal fights were on terrestrial television. So we, my uncle, who had a few quid, he got Sky, <laughs> and me and my dad. Um, because my dad was looking after me and my sister, took us to my uncle's house, and we ended up watching this fight on Sky in the middle of the night. It was absolutely captivating. All the Las Vegas glitz and glamour. You saw like Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the uh, in the crowd, and all those types of things. It was just absolutely unbelievable. And then off the back of that, you watch a few Rocky Balboa films, and you become a boxing fan, don't you? But yeah. you're right in what you're right in what you're saying, Frank Bruno was a, a, was an icon. He was a cult hero. He lost that fight, but he came back a hero. Nobody cared. Mm. Nobody cared. He came back and he, he was celebrated. Um, and like you say, what, just a, a real well, signpost moment, especially it, with my love of this sport anyway. But, but it was also like, there was no feeling out process in this fight, Adam. No, they just bang. went. They just went for it. And obviously, Bruno was down in 10 seconds, wasn't he? 20 seconds Brad, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, down. But up at four, yeah. Up at the count of four, um, Bruno had a point deducted for, for excessive holding because he was trying to survive. Um, and then Bruno Clipped him, hit yeah. Tyson and yeah. rocked him for the first time in his career. Yeah. Really staggered him for the first time in his career. You know, um, it, it, it's, it's, one, it's so thrilling. It's so exciting. And like you say, at that time, there wasn't a template for us, you know, you mentioned tonight, um, you've got it all worked out. You've got um, Rosentruck and Garnet uh, on yeah. UFC at about, <laughs> yeah, yeah, at about yeah. three. Yeah. Um, then you'll switch over and watch, or you'll, you'll, Canelo. you'll watch Canelo yeah. against yeah. Yildirim. Yeah. This has become, it's been my life doing that if I'm not on the road. Yeah. For, I, I mean, I can't remember weekends when I'm not up till five and six in the morning, you know, on a, on a Sunday morning. And, and you work, have a little sleep, you carry on. And I think... This was one of the first times that we were all doing this. And there was something exciting about, you know, you could go out to a nightclub and come back and watch the fight. And that's what a lot of people did. Like you said, people hosted parties around this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and I, I mean, Frank looked frightened of Tyson that night as well. Yet he fought like the, you know, as they were called, the horizontal heavyweights. The Britons were used to going over to America and being beaten by by the Americans. And I think one of the big things about this documentary is seeing how people are affected in life. Um, You know, you'd never have thought all those years ago, um, 32 years ago, that Mike Tyson would be a pot-smoking hippie in his 50s. Yeah. And Frank Bruno would recover from mental illness, open his own centre, and that these two men would come together like brothers. It's extraordinarily. That's why our sport's really, really bizarre, amazing and extraordinary. 
So there you have it. That's what Fight Night on Saturday night sounded like. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please subscribe to this podcast. You can do it via iTunes or via the TalkSport website. We will be back next week with more guests and, of course, a bigger preview for UFC 259. And who knows? You might even hear from some of the protagonists. Make sure you come and join us. We'll catch you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.